Hello, and welcome to Scared by Scott. I'm your host, Scott Newman. In this episode, we have one story for you. But before we get to the story, there's a podcast I'd like to tell you about. It's called The Frightmare Theater Podcast. In The Frightmare Theater Podcast... It's a horror anthology series from Arcane. Each episode, you're invited to join the hosts, Dr. Necropolis, and the rest of the Frightmare Theater team as they introduce you to a variety of suspenseful stories that are sure to send shivers down your spine. It's available on all major podcast platforms. I'm going to play a short trailer for you. So here is the trailer for the Frightmare Theater Podcast. Be sure to check them out. Is someone there? Oh, yes. I'm here. No! No! Where's Deb? What have you done with Deb? You already know the answer to that, Karen. She's one with the dark now. Terror awaits you with... The Frightmare Theater Podcast. A monthly horror audio drama series from Arcane. Available now wherever you unearth your favorite podcasts. Join us. It'll be a scream. (laughs) So I hope you enjoyed that. I'm going to link down in the show description to the Frightmare Theater podcast website so you can check out more information about them and the great work that they do there. So the title for the story in this episode is Shed Skin. It all began about a month ago at our home. My family and I live on a large property on the edge of town, about two and a half acres total. We bought the house with a 30 by 40 fully completed horse barn in the backyard with the understanding that we could use it for whatever purposes we wanted to once the house became ours. Now, the previous tenants may have owned horses, but I did not intend to ever become one at the time, so the barn just became another storage area for us to have until we decided what we wanted to do with it. I work in town at a local insurance company, And luckily, my office is just a few minutes away from my home. This grants me the opportunity every day to come home and have lunch with my wife, Kim, and son, Max. One day while I was at work, around midday, a text from Kim popped up on my phone. Make sure you come home today at lunch. Max found something creepy in the barn and I want you to look at it. 
not sure what to think. I spent the next two hours trying to imagine what Max had discovered. Thoughts of a dead body or evidence of witchcraft ran through my mind, igniting a feeling of excitement in the back of my mind. I had always wanted to live in a house with some kind of history or story attached to it. And well, maybe this was going to be my moment. Of course, I also thought it could just be a dead raccoon. I drove home at lunch and pulled into the driveway to find Kim sitting on the back porch waiting for me. She walked up to the driver's side as I opened the door. It's still in the barn. My earlier feeling of excitement only intensified at this point. I practically ran into the barn to see what awaited me, but I didn't see anything. I turned back to look at Kim, who was still standing by the car. What is it? It's in the first stall, on the ground. I approached the stall cautiously until I saw what appeared to be a shed skin lying on the ground towards the back wall. I crouched down next to it, looking it over. It kind of looked like a snake skin about two feet long, but as I reached down to pick it up and raise it to eye level, I noticed it had legs attached to it. Lots of legs. Kim, who had by now made her way to the opening of the barn, stopped short of coming in all the way. What is it? It's gross. I walked out of the stall, holding the skin across my hands. I don't know, but I'm curious as hell to find out. And I truly was. My excitement had only grown because although I was no expert in identifying shed animal skins, I knew enough to realize that it was fresh and had been shed recently. The inside of it was still moist, very moist. I kept the skin in the basement per Kim's request and I sealed it inside a large plastic bag to try to protect it as much as possible. It was the best idea I could come up with at the time. I then took about the task of trying to identify what kind of animal it could have belonged to. I looked on Google and tried various methods of searching, but came up with mostly images of giant spiders molting and lizards. Now the skin did have the length of a small snake, but that didn't explain all the legs. And it definitely had too many legs to be a lizard. Even I knew that. After some frustration at not finding much, I decided to try another avenue. I was going to try and talk to someone over at the local university, which was about a 30-minute drive from my house. I called, and after some explaining about what I had found, I was transferred to the Department of Ecology and spoke to an associate professor. After hearing my short story, the professor told me what her name was, and she asked me if I could bring in 
my finding to her department to examine it more closely. I asked her if she wanted me to take a picture of it with my phone, as I had forgotten to do so earlier. She said no, and it would be better to leave it undisturbed in the plastic bag until I brought it in. I told her I could bring it in the next day. I met with the associate professor the following morning. She greeted me and directed me to one of their department labs, where she asked me to place the plastic bag up on an exam table. We were the only ones in the lab at the time. The professor told me that there wouldn't be any classes meeting for about another hour. She put on a pair of exam gloves and handed me a pair as well, and then she proceeded to carefully open the bag. She reached inside and slowly removed the skin from the bag, placing it on the table. She appeared to study it for a moment and then raised her head to mine and asked, Where did you say you found this? Well, I didn't actually find it. My son found it in our empty horse barn. My wife had me look at it afterwards. She looked it over again before speaking. Well, I can definitely tell you this isn't a snake skin. I felt a sense of relief wash over me as she pointed out the lack of scales that would otherwise indicate a snake. What about a lizard? Maybe someone's escaped pet? Again, she indicated the lack of scales. She said, There are too many legs for it to be any animal I'm aware of. Any reptile outside in this weather right now wouldn't last too long without a source of external heat. What about sunlight? No, even with the sunlight... It would still be too cool for it, as a reptile's body temperature will have to match their environment. Plus, there's probably been a decrease in prey animals as a food source due to the recent cooling off. Okay, so what do you think it is then? I'm not sure. I'm going to have a colleague of mine from the entomology department look at it. And we'll get back to you. Entomology? Bugs, she said. So I returned home with more questions and answers. I was glad it wasn't a snake. But the thought of some weird bug possibly living in my barn gave me goosebumps. I hated bugs. Always have and always will. Ever since I was a kid, if I saw one, I would step on it if I could. Soon the fall season rolled around, with outside temperatures continuing to drop and the leaves on the surrounding trees beginning to change to a prefle of shades of red and orange. I was at work one day when I got a call from a number I didn't recognize immediately. I stepped outside the office and answered. Hello? Hello, Mr. Connors? This is Professor O'Neill from the Entomology Department at the University. I was referred by a colleague of mine here to look at a specimen you had brought in. 
That feeling of heightened excitement suddenly returned to me as I replied. Yes, yes. Well, Professor, did you figure out what it was? There was a moment of awkward silence until he answered. Well, the thing is, Mr. Connors, what you've found isn't something that should exist in nature. I'm going to ask you up front about it. Did you make it up as some elaborate hoax? Because if you did... What? No, I did not make it up. I wouldn't even know how to do that. My son found it in our empty horse barn, just like I told your colleague. Now I want to know what you think it is. I uh, quickly apologized for my rudeness as he answered me. Well, based on my analysis, I believe it is the molted skin of a centipede, Mr. Connors. A centipede? Don't they usually live in the tropics where it's warmer? Yes, most larger species live in warmer, more humid climates where they make up a large percentage of the predator biomass. Basically, that means the bigger species hunt and kill anything they can catch. Okay, but it's going into fall now around here. That skin I found still felt moist when I touched it, like it was recent. This molten skin belongs to another species of centipede, Mr. Connors, mostly known as the house centipede. But aren't they usually really small? Usually, yes, but the specimen you brought us is extremely large for this species. My once heightened feeling of excitement are now changed to one of growing dread and fear. Professor, are you saying that some mutant house centipede is living in my barn? No, Mr. Connors, I don't believe it's in your barn anymore. You see, with this species, they don't tolerate the cold weather very well. So when it does begin to cool off outside, they tend to seek refuge indoors, usually in human dwellings, where it's warmer for them, where there is a source of food, mostly smaller insects. But one of this size would need to hunt much larger prey. So if it's not in my barn anymore, then then it's in my house right now with my family. Mr. Connors, you have to get them out of there. House centipedes are predators, just like their larger cousins in the tropics, and they will kill and eat whatever they can catch. My only thought then was of my young son. I apologize ahead of time to the professor and ended the call. I dialed Kim's number and practically pushed the phone into my ear as all I heard at first was the ringing. Finally, she answered. Kim, is everything all right? Are you and Max safe? Yes, everything's okay here. Why? Are you sure Max is okay? Yes, he's fine. He's just over in the next room playing with his toys. Will you be home for dinner tonight? Kim, do me a favor. 
Grab Max now and come meet me at work. We'll go out to eat tonight. What's going on? You're acting very weird. Kim, please just do it. I'll explain when you get here. She agreed, and I went back inside to let my boss know I needed to leave early because of a family emergency. Thankfully, he agreed, and I grabbed my things. Kim pulled into the parking lot soon afterwards, and I jumped into the passenger seat. We went to a restaurant as I explained to Kim everything that the professor had told me. Needless to say, she had a look of sheer terror on her face. Neither one of us ate much that night. It was at dinner that she told me she thought she heard something shifting around in the basement, but she decided not to investigate. I didn't want to imagine what would have happened if she had, or if Max had gone down there to play. We stayed the night at my sister-in-law's place, and I called the professor back to let him know that we were all safe. He told me he wanted to come to the house and try to see the creature for himself, and he asked if I would accompany him. I told him I would only do it if we had the police there as some measure of protection. He agreed, and I met him at the house that next morning. There were two uniformed officers who met us at the house and had asked us to wait outside as they wanted to clear the house first. We only told them we thought there was an intruder inside as the tale of a monster-sized bug wouldn't sound very plausible. We figured since they were armed that they would be safe. A few minutes later, the two officers came out the front door to motion us in. They said they had found something in the basement. In the basement, in a corner of the laundry room, behind some unopened boxes left over from the move, they found a pile of mostly eaten animal carcasses. I had guessed they were mostly mice. And next to that, there was something else. Another molted skin. This one was much larger than the one I had found in the barn. At least six feet long, with many spindly-looking legs attached. We all just looked at each other in disbelief. We searched the rest of the house, but never did find the centipede. And we never went back to the house after that. It's been some time since that incident, and I'm scared now. Scared because lately on the news, I've been seeing increasing reports of sightings of large insect-like creatures throughout the country. They're being described as giant monster-sized centipedes. The last report I saw had one witness being interviewed. She reported she had witnessed one as large as a school bus crawling into an abandoned building. I think we're witnessing the beginning of the end of mankind. That's all the stories for this episode. 
Thanks for listening to Scared by Scott. And don't forget to check out the Frightmare Theater Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Scared by Scott on any podcast platform that you currently use. And look for us on YouTube as well. Thank you. And until next time, try not to get scared. <laughs>